trigger warning, this episode has talk about addiction, suicide, and also assault. It's a really violent book. Anyway, uh, trigger warning, skip this one if any of those topics are sensitive to you. Welcome to The Book Report, the podcast where we do book reports on books we haven't read since the last time we did book reports. My name is Natalie, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Twin, and my pronouns are also she, her. Remember the Animorphs? Neither do we. This week, we're reading Visser by K.A. Applegate, written in 1999. Actually written by K.A. Applegate, not a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember what happened last time? That was like two, two, maybe three weeks ago. So no, not at all. Well, last time, I will tell you because I remember because I listened to the episode this week. Um, that was the episode where, or I guess, whatever, book where Marco's dad goes from single to engage to, right. to engage to married in approximately yeah. 10 minutes. Reality show wedding situation, basically. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the love is blind of uh, the Animorphs. Yeah, that was and really weird. It was the one that ended with Marco getting a phone call from from his mom. Yes, and we weren't sure. I think we discussed we weren't sure like if it was his mom or Visser One or what. It was Visser One. Spoiler. In fact, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote a book report, and I uh-huh. gotta say, um, since this is one of the Chronicles books, it was extra super long and yep. as I was writing I I got I got mad that got mad? I think I think that you maybe structured the order of the episodes and our alternating book report writing times to make sure that I got the longest one because <laughs> okay. there was a lot of content to include in this book report my friend I will say I feel like both chronicles and several of the megamorphs I have written the book report for well I'm focused on this one and it's really <laughs> it took a lot of time to write I was very excited not to write book for this one. So. I bet you were. I bet you were. Well, it's a doozy, so go ahead. All Enjoy. Right. <clears throat> the book report. Uh, this week we read Visser, which is from the Chronicles Companion series. I thought this book was going to be Visser 3, but actually it's narrated by Visser 1, and it's kind of about both of them, which I guess is why they didn't specify the number in the book's title. We get to learn a lot about the Yerk leadership and judicial system in this book. The book starts Visser 1 on trial, which acts as a narrative structure for the entire book. Visser 1 is being asked to recount memories as evidence. The trial is led by the Council of 13, which includes nine Hork-Bajir, two taxons, and two mystery controllers. I have questions about why a super-duper high up here, which is a taxon body, but whatever. One of the members of the uh, Council is Visser 1's personal mentor, and she suspects slash hopes that he'll be lenient with her. Visser 3 is acting like the prosecution, and he clearly would like to see this trial end with a death sentence. Luckily for us, he is an idiot and ends up putting himself on trial as well. In her youth, Visser 1, also known as uh, Edris 562, was part of the Yerk Intelligence Agency and was tasked with finding a good planet of hosts. Ideally, a planet with millions of usable host bodies that would provide more skills slash flexibility in their current, than their current selection of hosts. She hears about humans through Visser 3's report, Remember in the book where he was a taxon body and seeks out Earth. Her superiors tell her not to look into Earth as a possibility for some unknown reason, so she decides to steal a ship and do it herself. High risk, high reward. She takes another Yurk, SM-293, with her. They land in the middle of a war zone. Chaos and intergalactic war crimes <laughs> ensue, and eventually they find themselves some human controllers. They switch bodies a couple times, always murdering the ones they leave behind. We cut back to the trial where Visser 3 in classic Visser 3 form has come up with a wildly idiotic plan to make Visser 1 look bad. 
he's released some miscellaneous animals into the room and then shouts oh my god andalite bandits uh he looks good for killing some alleged andalites but viscer one knows that they weren't the animorphs she holds onto that information for later viscer three then does a pretty smart thing he brings in a witness called spacey who claims to be an ex-controller turns out he was the body that sm was using and he became he became friends with sm and remembers the experience even though sm is now dead he reveals that Visser 1 and SM had human children together using their human controller bodies, specifically twins, one boy and one girl. Turns out they had switched bodies again, and in these new bodies, Visser 1 and SM fell in love and had babies, kind of as a bit slash science experiment, and kind of because they were in love. Eventually, Visser 1 does decide to con- uh, contact the Yerk Empire and reveal the gigantic treasure chest that is Earth. SM reveals that he can't give up all of Earth, can't, yeah, can't give up all of Earth, and tries to kill himself and Visser 1. Visser 1 ends up killing him and her host body, Allison, and starts the sharing. The council sees all this, and then Ava, Marco's mom, Visser 1's body, reveals that Visser 1 actually does want to save her human children. Ava agrees to help her in order to protect those children. She suggests they try to get in touch with the Animorphs because if the real Animorphs show up, this will discredit Visser 3. They manage to steal a cell phone and convince Marco to show up and cause trouble. They go back to the trial, and Visser 1's son, Darwin, is there, trapped as a controller and she is commanded to kill him the animorphs conveniently show up and then and cause trouble which does discredit viscer three marco capture kidnaps viscer one and gets the chance to talk to his mom to viscer one he says he'll either kill viscer one and his mother or viscer one has to climb out of ava's head she climbs out and marco gets to talk to his mom for real that she's put back in ava's head because ava and marco have made a deal ava and viscer one will work together to avoid all that war on earth and marco will let her live if she starts to do bad shit again though he'll seek her out and kill her the trial ends and Visser 1 and 3 are both sentenced for their crimes. Visser 1 is ordered to the Anadi system to take over all the potential hosts there. If she fails, she'll be sentenced to death. Visser 3 is commanded to do a better job winning Earth. So really, there's no sentencing at all. Everyone is allowed to continue on as is. Wow. That's the book. We read a whole 85 pages, and then the, the conclusion of the trial is, I, I mean, keep working. Don't tell anybody that this happened. Uh, we don't want people to know you did war crimes and weren't punished for them, so just do a job, okay? Have you seen the movie Burn After Reading? Yes. What did we learn? Absolutely nothing. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a long... What did you think? What did you think of my book report? Your book report was long, that is true, but I think it was pretty good, and you captured most of the stuff in the right order. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to give this an A. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I think you deserve an A. It was good. It captured everything. There were opinions. And yeah, writing the book reports for the Chronicles and the, uh, it's not and the like time. Megamorphs, those are always bad because they're such long books. I mean, they're not so long. long in terms of the books that, you know, you read necessarily, but like they are long to read a book report for. Like, yes, they are children's books. However... I still have to read it in a day. Yes. And also, <laughs> and also we read like the regular Animorphs are a lot shorter. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Should we talk about this book? Yes. Let's talk about it. I guess the first big thing is new characters, which really for this book, we I mean, there were a lot of new characters, but new characters that we're, we might see again. It's just the guy from the council, Garoff. Yeah. That's it. He seems to be in charge of the council and he's her personal mentor. But we do learn that the council has kind of like a weird system where they, they have a secret pope. Yeah. 
So he could be the leader. He could be the mouthpiece. We don't really know. We're not going to know, at least for now. Yeah. Um, also, the other new characters that we get are basically the humans that they take as hosts. Yes. But, like, we don't. They're, they're gone. Um, yeah. But also, though, Ava. Eva? Ava? Ava? I've been saying Ava. Okay. This is actually the first time we actually interact with Ava other than hearing about her as Marco's mom she's angry yeah you know I I would say she is and I I would say for Mm -hmm. good reason and she's pretty willing to die which oh yeah she's ready to go she's just like you know what if I take out Visser one on the way job well done to be honest at this point in the books like we know that from the fighting she's pretty injured and they have not healed her yeah no she's like burned and has a broken arm and something else i forget the other thing but it sounds like they can heal her so probably if we see her again she will be healed and and well, as usual this or three has been in charge of her since she yes, was injured saying, he's been her captor but i'm saying that if we see her again and i just don't see how he wouldn't um yeah she will definitely be healed because yes right yes 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 yeah um I don't think I said this well enough in the book report at the risk of um, taking a couple points off my grade here, but there is actually a a major conflict that we learn about in the end Mm -hmm. that I think is setting us up for the future books, Mm -hmm. which is that Visser 1 and Visser 3 have a fundamentally different idea of how to um, wage intergalactic war. Yes. Visser uh visser one is like subtle approach is the one that works because you lose less useful host bodies along the way right Uh, and also she wants to protect her kids and that's like kind of a motivation of that method but also she just like she wants it to be useful and so she thinks the subtle sneaky approach is going to work visser three is all out war is best kill as many as possible because then you intimidate them and you just win through sheer brutality and so, like, the new conflict, I think, for all the future books is going to be, like, which approach are the Yerks going to take? That's going to be the Visser conflict. Um, but I didn't say that in my book report, and I feel like it's important. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's hard to get into in the book report. So I, I'm not going to yeah. knock you off for that. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I think you're right, though. It, it does seem like it's going to be kind of the future of the books. Although yeah. it also seems like what it will indicate to us is that since Visser won is leaving and will not be in charge of her three it seems yeah that the fighting on Earth is much should... more likely yes it seems like we're going to be shifting in that direction more yeah yeah so or not i don't know no i think that's probably what, what will happen yeah um, uh, well, i had a couple of small things please go ahead uh just some like light stuff one there were a bunch of star trek references in this book uh k love loves some star trek yep um including the fact that they learn about humans from tv and one of the weapons they mentioned humans having is phasers and they also get really panicked about humans um having warp speed ships they're like freaking out about how they can't believe that humans have this and then they realize it's like they think it's like a propaganda to scare everybody um but it's very yeah. fun that they're panicking to about keep it. people away from their airspace basically <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they this is my one of my favorite lines uh the ship is announcing moving at warp warp factor six which we know from context is a multiple of light speed and yet we seem 
and yet we see the ship from the outside as though the recording device is too moving at these impossible speeds. I think it's very fun. It's very, very good. Fun. It's very, very good. So I enjoyed that. Um, another little thing that I just really enjoyed. <laughs> I thought this is a really good line. Visser one is talking about how shitty taxon bodies are. The way she explains why taxons suck is she says this, a taxon can be killed with a can opener. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, she spent a lot of time in a human body and she really knows. That you is know? the best. It makes me laugh. She several times mentioned how you basically breathe on a taxon and they die. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that the can opener was very funny. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great line. Good job. Uh, and then the last thing, this is, I don't know, this is, it's not really a line. It's just, they mention, so she, she and um, Sam and their like host bodies, they live in Malibu at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to explain, she's like, oh, Alice and Kim couldn't have afforded this place, but um, they had emptied the host bodies bank accounts and then vaporized him. Um, right. So that's how they had all of the money. And I got to just say, it's wild what you have to do to get a home in California these days. It's truly a, in this job market, in, not, in this uh, housing market, in this economy, in this economy, what you need to be doing is, I guess, possessing and then vaporizing rich Hollywood guys. And if, I mean, you know, if you don't have a year, maybe you could get away with kind of ghostly possession, but it does seem sure. like that that is a requirement of the getting a house now. So I just, I, I read that and I thought the first thought I had was, wow, wow. even even in the 90s. The bar is high. The bar is yep. high. Yeah. You got to really want it to get a house here. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You got you to gotta vaporize a human want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Those my little things. They were just, they made me laugh. Uh, I thought it would be nice to have a little, little chuckle before we get into a book that I would say is not full of chuckles. Not full of chuckles, but there is one thing that's full of chuckles, which is that Visser 3 is an absolute dumb fuck. He's, he's so, so stupid. He's so dumb. He had he had truly everything he wanted in the palm of his hand, and he's so stupid, and he knocked it all out of his own hand. The best the best part to me is that he so he like he wants to impress the council because he knows that it's not good that he hasn't been able to catch basically six andalites, although you know not analyze but whatever and so he like fakes it by uh getting two of his hork bajir to act like human or not act like andalites and then just getting a random bear and tiger and throwing them in the room seriously miscellaneous <laughs> so animals funny and then he runs around and he's like oh my god oh my god it's the animorphs but not realizing if he publicly kills off the andalites now when the real andalites show up later how will he account for all of the losing that he will do in the future. He did not think this through. I mean, the whole time he's just so rude. He's rude to the council too, where I was like, that's your boss. That's your boss. And they've just told you you're on trial now. Yeah. He also does something that's so funny. I don't, I don't know if it's in our notes. I don't think it is. He has, it makes me laugh. He clearly, he's lived on earth for a while. But oh, this part, yes, single- no, this cracked me up. <laughs> Yeah, no, he go ahead. A single goddamn thing about humans because mm-hmm. they decide to have like a lunch break, basically, like a little little break. And um <laughs> the whole the whole section is really good because the first thing he does is he's like, Okay, well, I'm gonna bring you food. And so he has a hork bajir come in with a glass of water. Good job. Fine, human right? mm-hmm. head of romaine lettuce, 
I mean, bland, mm-hmm. but I guess it's something. We need a little wreckage, sure. And then two raw eggs. That's it. Well, if this one, she just immediately is like, you're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, she tells him he's an idiot. And like, I appreciate that he has like the start of a Caesar salad there, but he didn't have yes. the follow through, <laughs> you know? I want to know, one of the couple things happened. Either, one, Visser 3 said, I don't know what to get, what to have on hand for lunch. I guess lettuce and eggs. Which doesn't make any sense to me because he, like, there are humans who are fed. Next door. They're in. So the, he could have like, just They said, have a cafeteria right yeah, there. Get the to-go box. Bring a to-go box. They must have yep. them for when the hosts are on the run. They gotta yep. go. Or the alternate thing is that he just said to the hork guard, just cook something. Just cook something. I heard, just cook something. I heard about a Caesar salad. It has lettuce and eggs. And they just did that. Mm-hmm. But then he had to play it off like a, that was my plan the whole time or something, you know? Trying to torture it's, you with some raw eggs here. It's also in the same section where he, uh, his good idea for how he's going to get Visser 1, like, in trouble is he's like, oh, what about we make a partnership and then we like rebel against the council aren't they so awful don't you want to rebel against them and this is what is like the one that we know about her is that she's really pretty smart mm-hmm. and she was like no you're obviously recording this duh i know and he's this three, shocked this or three is like the essence of um i think it's called the peter principle or something like that the idea that someone is promoted to their highest level of incompetence that's him <laughs> and he he peaked you know the last job he was in is the one you should have stayed in it's just so funny how like it is so stupid his plan doesn't make any sense he's just Makes handed no her sense. some raw eggs it's very funny and and like the book starts and he has all of the power because he has all this evidence yeah. against her he knows that she's on trial for like five points of treason, four of which have a death penalty. All he has to do is successfully convince the council that those things are true. And instead, he tries diversionary tactics <laughs> to add to the drama and then puts himself on trial for treason and a death penalty. And it's so wild that he decides that the only way that he can behave is just be really argumentative and like mm-hmm. try and it was like he watched too many courtroom movies and he was like, I know. Maybe he did. Judges really like people with courtroom antics. So I better Maybe like that's how he prepared. He watched a few good men a lot before he went and made made this uh, this whole thing. So we know his primary motivation is eyeballs. Who's to say true. that he does not love TV? But like the problem is, is that he knows that he already has committed a bunch of like illegal things. Yeah. So you would think you'd want to be like, I am going to just show up super profesh. I'm going to put on my most profesh suit, come yep. in my briefcase, use your honor, mm-hmm. you know, no objections here. Try your to honor, win this thing, you know, or whatever the yerk version of your honor and objections yep. are. Your yerkiness, your yerkitude. He just, he just comes in loud and ready to fight. He came in, you know what he reminds me of? He came in to this thing like um, someone who's like Danielle Staub into a New Jersey Real Housewives reunion. Yep. He came yep. in, he's been wronged all season and he's ready to fight. Yeah. And and surprised when things don't go their way. Yes. He just he just came in so primed for fighting. And then he was like, oh, fuck. 
Um, but he doesn't really sell it. Like, and the other thing that I wanted to point out about him is that he is like talking about how Visser One's tactics are stupid and bad. And he says at one point, he's like, do you think we'll infiltrate the Andalites when the time comes? Will we form little social clubs and talk them into becoming our slaves? No, when we are ready, we will take them too. Which tells us that he's not in the loop on the Andalite thing because they're already doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bad. Visser Three's in trouble. He doesn't know how in not trouble good. he is. Not good. All right. So that's him. Hijinks and shenanigans the whole way through. Very fun. Visser One, on the other hand, she's having a bad time. Oh, man. I mean, a well-deserved bad time, but a sure, bad time. Sure, sure, Um, I really liked learning about her history. The, I like that moment where she was describing, like, before she became Subvisor even, that she worked at an intelligence agency. Yeah, it was we really didn't know, We didn't know that existed. Yeah, it was you really know? cool to get a sense of how Yerks go from, like, okay, we know a little bit about how Yerks are, like, created, we know a little bit about how they um, like get into their first hosts and like learn how to control a host. We've never gotten this sort of section of a Yurk life. I have a quote here that I want to talk about. So okay. her job when she was in the intelligence agency was to identify new alien host bodies because they realize mm-hmm. that's like their strongest resource need. They have too many Yurks and not enough bodies. And so her job is to understand the intricacies of acquiring hosts. which is really interesting. And so she says, there are five classes of alien. Class one, those physically unfit for infestation. The Skrit Na being a good example because of their annoying need to phase. They phase from Skrit to Na. Class two, those who can be infested, but that suffer from serious physical drawbacks, such as the taxons or our own Geds. Class three, those that can be infested, suffer from no physical debility, but exist only in small numbers and cannot be quickly bred. I used my own hand to indicate my own hork body. Four, those that would be excellent targets for infestation, but that are, for now at least, too formidable to challenge. And the example here is uh, Andalites. And then there are class five aliens. Aliens who are right for infestation exist in large numbers and do not have the power to resist us. And the mission is to find a class five alien, which is believed to be a myth. Right. And then she does. She finds them. And they're humans. I mean, because we evil. are we are in multitudes and overall we suck yeah i mean well here's yeah. the thing is she she is definitely evil evil um mm-hmm. but she's very smart she's good at her job she's very good at her job mm-hmm. uh, um, and even has like yeah. kind of a plan for like like she does a risk risk and reward sort of analysis of her own stuff like as she's chasing down these humans like she's really mm-hmm. she's she is where, of an intelligence agency and she has yes. been well trained. Yeah. And where Visser 3 is all about the eyeballs, she's really about doing her job and doing it well and strategically. Yeah. yeah. And being she's subtle. A, she's one of those people who probably has a mug that says goal getter. Totally, boss babe. When Visser 3 comes in, uh, guns ablazing, she comes in with subtlety. Yes. Which is a cool, interesting uh, change. Um, okay, I have one other thing, which is. This is touched on, and it's not, like, they don't dig into it, and I wonder if it will come up again. Uh, the intelligence agency seems to have some kind of mole, some kind of bad sabotage from within situation. I didn't read it that way, because she, she she implies that that's what's happening, but then yeah. she says, so she says, um, I knew something was wrong, someone, someone, was work, 
was working to keep the secret of Earth hidden. My supervisor said this is 17. Yes, of course, but at whose behest? I rolled oh, my I ass- see. You think Visser 3 is just keeping it for his own good no, shit? I don't even think that. Because then she says that she rolled her eyes for Visser 3, and so they looked at him. And then she says, uh, of course I found out later that Visser 3 had nothing to do with the orders. They were mere stupidity, not conspiracy. Yeah, I know. But, like, that's not good. Yes, I do think it's it's like... You think it's not intentional sabotage, it's just incompetence? If Visser 3 was the person in charge of that report and doing something about that report, then incompetence tracks. It does track, you're right. Okay, fine, If it had been Visser 1 who was in charge of that report and then chose to do nothing, I would assume something else. But Visser 3, time and time again, he's not good at risk-reward. He's He overlooks stuff because he's really, like, arrogant. arrogant. And I think that he thinks he... Or he'll have a plan, but it's his own plan, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. So he probably... Some some version of incompetence is probably also a little bit of arrogance going on. So my yeah. understanding is that she was like making up that it was something sneaky. Although she did do when I hear it moves, which was the eye rolling at him um, mm-hmm. to make everyone look at him. I think, um, well, so then she escapes his being her boss, I guess. She runs yes. away. But then we still get to see her doing her intelligence stuff throughout the whole rest of the book, which is pretty cool. And like, yes. We didn't know how the sharing got started and now we do. And clearly it was like an exercise in her intelligence agency skills because she starts a cult knowing how to start a cult and manipulate people into following her lead so that she can pull information from them. It felt very, I'm going to sound a little conspiracy theory, uh, but it felt very much like if you read about, well, I don't know, it's not really a conspiracy theory. Uh, about the ways that like FBI have engaged with mm-hmm. with different yep. groups by like embedding themselves in it the, or mm-hmm. like are really fucking up movements. It really it has big that energy. I don't know if that's what it Kay was thinking about when she wrote this. It seems like probably. Uh, I will say that that section where she's talking about her like leader that she's made mm-hmm. uh, for them, she definitely was thinking of Star Trek because his name is Lore. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I didn't catch that. His, yeah, he has a three. She says he has a three name name. I can't remember. It's like Lore something something. And she said because three names were very popular. Uh, and then she does the coldest thing where she like kills him off because a dead leader is better than a, a living leader. Yeah, martyr. Yeah. Very Helmicronian. I mean, she kills off like five people. She kills a lot. It's true. She's very Helmicronian, which by the way, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. They did. She did compare Visser 3 to a Helmicron. I thought that was pretty Yes, good. which was a sick burn. Oh my God. I can't believe we forgot to mention that. I should have put it in the book report. <laughs> it should have been the first thing you said in the book report. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I have in yeah. my notes in all caps. I'm just scrolling my notes, and I have in my notes in all caps. Sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> that we both had the same response. That's what I thought when I read it too. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, no, she definitely called it because he was acting like a Helmicron. He was screaming. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, being the worst. It was very fun. This or one, definitely super duper evil. But yes. we learned about who trained her to be evil, and that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, you want to talk about um, Ava? Yes. It's, so we know, like, we knew pre this book that Ava and Visser 1 must have some kind of relationship because, you know, the Yerk thing. Because they're talking um, in, the, in their head, yeah. Uh, and we, we had to assume that it wasn't good. Uh First of all, I, I just want to point out, it's not really in our notes, but I, 
is Visser one the first Yurik we've seen who has actively so many different bodies? Because everyone else kind of seems to like, you get in a body, you stay in that body. No, no. Visser three gets promoted a couple times into different bodies. No, no, no. She goes back and forth because she has Lore and she has Allison Kim. Oh, human bodies. Has... I'm sorry. I thought you meant like within the Yurik Empire getting promoted. No, no, no. She she goes back and forth. She'll have like three or four yeah. bodies that she goes back and forth. It seems like mm-hmm. now she's not doing that so much, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, like a little, little stable. Yeah, but uh, yes, when we when we start this book, like our we start hearing from Al- uh, from Allison from um Ava, and Ava is pissed and it's pretty much like, I hope you die. Uh, I yeah, know no, I'll die. Yeah, she doesn't care. care. She's like, I've lost everything. I have nothing to lose. Let's fucking go. Yeah, all and vengeance looking- all the time. She's looking for any chance to fuck her up. Like, just anything she can do. She's going to fuck Visser 1 up. Absolutely. Yep. It's pretty wild. Uh, and they even they even quote... I, I thought this was a little cheesy, but like, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. The license plate thing at the end of the book. Because uh, Visser 1 does not really get this, I don't think, at all. What's going on with uh, Ava being willing to die. Mm-hmm. no she uh, i feel like she should see that as more of a risk honestly yes it well it seems like the one thing that we, she should know from her human host is that they would will they will die they will kill themselves yeah like she experienced that with allison and she claims lesson learned i won't give my my human host any any amount of control but ava keeps talking about i will kill you and she's like <laughs> i don't care so the way that marco explains it is um he's He's talking about like they're basically they have this one as like a, a prisoner at this moment, and this one's pretty injured and um and is like and Marco's like well I'll kill you, and this one's like no you won't because I'll kill like you'll have to kill your mom and you won't do it, and then Marco quotes the New Hampshire license plates which say live mm-hmm. free or die, which it's very funny to me that they quote a license plate but also it's very like it's a lot it's very intense, but only because. Visser one's a better option because now she understands Visser one's motivation for the subtle approach sure. and so she sees all right that could work but only because you're personally motivated to make it work so therefore you are a worse option than Visser three so i won't actively try to murder you but only if you actively try to make this a not war that kills millions okay that's true i don't know it just seemed like it was such a a whiplash from her being like constantly like i will kill you i will kill you i will kill myself rather than let you live um mm-hmm. to the point at which like they're sort of talking ava's the one to say like marco my child's my child will save yours like talking about trading one for the other yeah um at the end of the book though ava gets really mad because visser one is sent off to that other area right to go wage war and this and and ava's like i'm out then our deal's over i will murder you so like we get the whole we get the full 360 in this book yeah it does seem it does seem like we are likely to see ava again i just okay i don't think ava's gonna survive these books it does seem like she's gonna die um yeah there's a lot of heavy heavy hints heading that direction yeah, it seems like she's she's ready. And also she pretty much they talk about Marco's dad for a hot minute and she's like, let him move on. They're not getting back together. Well, that was also the the narrative purpose of that wedding. 
Yes, but also to ensure like, that she's that not, is fully cut off. Never. An but option. she's she's not even holding on to any kind of hope. You know. No, not at all. Yeah, she's yeah, get, yeah. she's very cast away. You know where he uh-huh, returns uh-huh. To his home and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, surprise. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I guess this kind of leads into the next thing we want to talk about, which is like Yerks and their hosts. Because we've so got far, a lot more of that going on. Mostly bad. Mostly a lot of trying to murder each other. Yes. A lot yeah, of well, murder. The first host, well, not the first host. The first host was a soldier in, ooh, I'm sorry, my, my memory history is bad. They said it was Desert Storm. That's Afghanistan. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, I don't remember because I think it was multiple regions, wasn't it? We don't know where this person's actually from. This is true. Um, we just know it was a non-American soldier. That's all we know. The Gulf War. So it's in Iraq, Persian Gulf, Kuwait, Israel, Saudi Arabia. So this is a bunch of the anywhere. Middle East. We know that they were not on the side of the Americans. And we know that they're Muslim. Do we know that? Yeah, because they uh, mentioned Allah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. um. Yeah, we don't really know a lot about them. But aside from that host, we only had very briefly. Um, the other, the next, the first hosts aside from that are Jenny Lines and then Lowenstein, so like an actress. Um, Not even actress, just a hot chick in Hollywood. Yeah. And a, like a producer. fancy executive, yeah. Okay, I want to point out, Jenny is a drug addict. Yes. Was and her coke? only concern... I assume Coke, based on the time. Her only concern is, oh, you took over my brain? You're still going to feed this body Coke, though, right? I hated the way that, they, that uh, Jenny was written. Because even someone who's like a whiny, annoying, whatever, like there are people like who are very whiny and annoying, I think would still be horrified. They would still want bodily autonomy, okay? Yeah, and, and yeah. I would say addicts also want. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the Having an addiction does not mean that you're like, well, I mean, as long as you give me coke, I mean, whatever. They like really, really dehumanized her. And they called her a junkie. They called her something really horrible. Uh, oh, a junkie bimbo. It was so upsetting that they called Ugh. her that. And I understand. I both of those things make you equally less human and all in all, double bad, not human. Like, not and good. I, and that didn't. I understand why Visser One would not think of her kindly. But it felt weird for the book to say that. I don't know. I didn't like that. That felt very judgmental about people who are dealing with addiction. But also, why would Visser 1 have that judgmental context at this point? Sure. That's you also know? true. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not clear to me that that Yerks know a lot about addiction. Although Anything maybe they do. about humans? She also, she expresses regret at picking Jenny instead of Lowenstein for because she got first pick of the bodies basically right. to have as host because she just like she doesn't there's not enough like quote information in Jenny's brain for her to learn enough about humans and SM gets all the good information from the executive guy who has had right. like 15 jobs and just knows a bunch of stuff it's like they narratively picked these bodies because these two jobs that these two people have give them access to all like strata of right society but then that just leads to kidnapping two scientists who why would they be connected to these two people like i don't know it was just a weird like plot diversion i guess yeah well and the way so i guess the way that they get for example allison kim is her next host and the way that she gets allison does not make any sense to me None. um they are at the same party but why would they be what, 
Yeah. Uh, and then the way that she gets Allison seems like a high probability of killing everybody. She basically tries to not quite knock her out, but like cause her harm. And then she brings her underwater and then makes the transfer. Again, all of this is happening underwater, actually. Like the injury, like it's all happening underwater the whole time. I guess Allison is stunned. And that's when the, the transfer happens. And then she she drowns Jenny. How did Allison not also almost die? It seems like she should have. Seems like she should have. If you are stunned yep. underwater, it seems like there's a high probability of you just drowning. Taking a breath. It's just, I don't know. I don't know a lot about this stuff, but that, that seemed like a bad idea. But I mean, what do I know? Also a really brutal way for Jenny to go. Yes, that really sucked. It, it just, I it was like really dark. I understand narratively why that happened and like how Visser One does not feel bad about Jenny at all. Like that's not her, she doesn't care about Jenny. It just feels, it just sucks that she's thrown away in such the, like such a casual way and then spoken yep. about in such a mean way. Like it just. Truly. It's gross. I know that, I know that Visser One there's no reason for her to care about Jenny or speak about her kindly. But also, it seems on track with these books in general to not speak nicely about addicts. Uh, who leave, it addiction. feels like um, like a real 90s tone, to be honest. Yes, I think you're correct. I also think the like it's not just bimbo. that Visser one is a bad guy. It's it's almost like a tone of like, but but obviously you understand why Visser one is saying this, right? Like she's evil, but like you understand the underlying like, you know, thoughts she's having, right? Like you, the reader, yeah. get it, right? And it's like it's a weird tone. I don't also like use it. of the word bimbo just is very strange. We don't like that. We don't need that. Not into it. Unless as a uh, self-proclaimed bimbo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so we end up with Allison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, I like Allison a lot. Same. Um, and Allison, I think, gives us kind of one of the coolest, not coolest, I don't know, none of this book is cool. Uh, one of the most interesting relationships between a host and a yerk that we've seen maybe so far. Um and that's that Visser One and Allison like talk to each other about science and like things that are happening. And it's really interesting that they end up with this relationship where they're like, she talks about how um, she, she's in San Francisco for a conference and um, they're talking about like string theory. And then she says that they talk about physics and history and biology and like, she's just learning a lot and then when Visser one is experiencing like she talks about how um in LA she feels loose lost drifting lazy and unmotivated and then Allison is telling her like that's what LA is like so they're having like actual conversations not just constant I hate you I hate you I hate you but Allison is doing that as like a way to occupy her time with an underlying sense of any chance you give me I will take though and you know that yeah because she does. She actually does try to take a chance. Yeah. Because I actually thought this part was really interesting. Visser one is like debating. I wonder how much control I can give a human host. Like I'm, I'd like to test the boundaries of this. And so she lets Allison control one eye, mm-hmm. but she doesn't tell Allison she's doing it. Allison notices, but doesn't indicate in any way that she's noticed and makes mm-hmm. no changes to that eye at all. And just sits on that information and waits until Visser One is driving 
and then forces the eye to close and forces her to almost get into a terrible car accident in an attempt to just like take them both out. It's uh, it was a bold me, move. It seems it seems like it should illustrate to Visser One that humans are willing to die. Like it just seems like that's what she should be getting out of this. Humans they, are like, very extra, and she needs to know that. Yes, it's I really I really liked Alice and Kim. I wish we were going to have more of her. Uh, unfortunately, she does die in this book. Um, she is murdered. Yes, while so, in disguise. Yeah, so we're not going to see more of her. Um, and then we also got Hildy. Hildy. Hildy slash like, Spacey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hildy slash Spacey. Uh, who we get less of his perspective, um, but he does have the saddest end in the book, which is that Visser One basically rips the yerk out of his ear, and then causes his brain to be damaged forever, in a way mm-hmm. where now he is like he he is incapable of doing stuff basically. Yep, and he had befriended SM. He and SM were actually friends. Question. He, Essam, and Allison, they all leave together, the three of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think a relationship that is two humans and a yerk, is that a polycule? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Like a, is that a triad? I guess it is a triad. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, I just really, I, you know. They formed a whole dynamic between them. Yep. They're a little thruple. Um, have you seen, what's his name? Um, Chris Fleming's polyamory video? No, I haven't. Oh, he talks about, about polyamorous people are always into video, uh, not into into board games. Um, so I'm wondering if their house is like a board game house, you know? Probably. Mm-hmm. They were like Hildy slash SMR as a fedora. The 90s were not a peak time for board games, though. That's true. That's true. You know, we hadn't gotten to, Catan had not come out yet, you know? <laughs> what were the polyamorous into in the 90s? Well, whatever it was, it was whatever this trio's into. Absolutely. Yeah. Running from murderers, I guess. And somehow staying within LA. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, can we talk about the family thing? Yes. I mean, that's the big twist of the book, really. Okay. Yeah. It's revealed that while she was occupying Allison, while Essam was occupying Hildy, they made babies. And mm-hmm. that the four of them, not just not just the two years, but the four of them all together committed to making sure those two babies would stay alive. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I did not see that twist coming. No, I did not see that at all. When at some point early uh-huh. in the book, she says she only cares about two surviving. And I was like, I mean, maybe that's Marco and his dad. That doesn't really track for me, but I guess like, all right. Yeah. When it turns out to be twins, I was like, oh no. Oh my God. Yeah. Thanks. And so I'll say on the one hand, I was, I appreciated a good surprise twist because mm-hmm. sometimes we see him coming. On the other hand, I fucking hated it. Yeah. Cannot say in stronger terms how much I hate when women are softened by becoming mothers in in stories yeah i agree and like the only motivation they have to do anything is their children i much prefer the intelligence operative motivation i agree and and i think like the idea that she's being slowly softened over time by having a human life and having human experiences i think that's compelling enough without her having children like yes without without actually birthing children yeah that she is softened by like oh like she talks about well Hildy and I were playing football not football uh volleyball and I fell on top of him and then we had this moment like that's a really human moment or like that she's having she's like building relations with other humans like that could be a very human moment Mm -hmm. it is unfortunate that it did fall into the women in 
like so much media women when they in need leadership to learn to be chiller when they have children or just in general women we need a plot for women what do we do with the women mm-hmm. they're pregnant now threaten their children make them into an angry mother there's like a whole season of that. doctor who wasn't that where they're like someone just became pregnant and i was and that's what i stopped watching i was like forget it. i don't care the show anymore okay um, to be fair that twist was really really good because it turned into a time traveling baby wow that actually was like a pretty solid twist i was just like i don't want to watch pregnancy storyline i don't care about this goodbye okay totally understand that consider though skipping all that part and getting to the time traveling baby okay because that's fun that's a good time okay anyway um yeah, no, I don't I don't approve of this as a narrative arc or uh, a narrative device, I guess. I don't approve. No, thank you. Yeah. Give me child free by choice women, okay? And it, it was kind of because she at one point mentioned that she like took Marco's mom as a host because then she would under like she would have the experience of having like a husband and, and a child. Mm-hmm. And at the, but she doesn't really care about them and she's pretty clear about that at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It would have been more interesting to me as if, if she'd had a really human experience and then continued to struggle with that and yeah. compensated for it by being extra harsh. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really just about a child. It was just about like, I have a life here. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful here. And if I go back to the York world, I know what it's like. Yep. But also she is. Um, uh, so there's there's the fact that I don't like that they turned her into a parent in order to give her like feminine motivations or whatever sure but counterpoint she is a terrible mom she is quite a bad mom it's the worst mom ever because she does murder all the other parent parental units and then abandons them to the system yeah i would say that that is um i don't know again i've said it before i'll say it again i'm not a parent i don't know a lot about parenting Uh, i think that's common sense though that's common sense right there i do feel like you typically do not like you know, my parents are divorced. My mom didn't murder my father uh, when they divorced right. to make sure that there was only one parent to love. Right, right, right. See, you know? I yeah, I think that's not the strategy. I also think your children not even knowing who you are because you, you know. keep changing bodies and you actually never tell them who you are. I, I don't think that's a good idea either. I will say the other reason why she's the worst mother in the world, uh, I guess in the universe, she's not just in the world, Um at the very end of the book she's thinking about how she can protect darwin and her daughter mandra um and so the yeah, way also she named she... her son darwin that's yes. a bad that's a bad sign continue um so she's saying like darwin's already a host um he was lost to her which i mean couldn't he become not a host okay right. whatever i'm not gonna worry about that right now um uh okay so she's talking about maybe is mandra still free uh, she goes, but someday she would know me. I would tell her all about me, all about who I was, about how she had come to exist. And she would love me as a daughter loves a mother. And if not, then I could always infest Madra, place some well-trained yerk in her head. Then she would love me. She'd have no choice. That's not a good mom. That's a bad way. That's, I don't think that's the right way to go about getting love from a child. To be fair, though, to Mr. One, while she's a terrible mother, she has zero models for motherhood or parenthood in her life because Yerks do not have parents. However, she has plenty of models of human parenthood via the television yes, and but, living on Earth. But do you think that on, on uh, the television they frequently speak about why you shouldn't murder all of your, your children's other parents? I mean, yes, because she, presumably on the crime shows when that happens, 
it's revealed that that actually that's not a good thing it just seems like if you're going to the playground with your kids the other moms don't talk about that and so that's true. she's never that's true. like her parents at the science conferences it's never mentioned her parents died mm-hmm. when she was mm-hmm. born because that's how they formed her yeah. so you know i'm just i'm not saying that she's good or that her actions are excusable i'm just saying you know she had no models of parenthood or how to be how to raise <laughs> she should get some she should get some quickly think, is what i think but the way she likes to get knowledge you think she would have gotten um you know what to get what to expect when you're expecting you know one of those books she would well Several. she wouldn't read the book she would go acquire a host body who's already read it sure 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 she'd go acquire dr spock you know wow what a book that would be. I would love to read also, that Also, a Star book. Trek reference unintentionally. Yeah, I, I would love to read that book where she has to go around and uh, learn how to do all the pregnancy stuff by acquiring different hosts. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, it does unfortunately lead to a bunch of dead pregnant people, I'm guessing. And Probably. Like pregnancy experts, so. The thing that I also, like, that is not touched on here uh, that really bothered me is um, the lack of agency for Alice and Kim in all of this because- Yes. The four of them commit that we're going to keep these kids safe. But like Allison had absolutely no say in her body becoming a vessel for carrying children and then birthing those children. Um, And it's just not touched on. There's no complexity in it. But like, yeah, fundamentally, we both know what that is. That's not that's not okay. I mean, and also to the same for the same thing. Hildy has had no consent over his body. Like none of the humans in this book, yes, the things their their bodies are being used in ways they do not consent to. In a version of the book that was written right now, like if someone wrote this book today, I'd have to imagine there would be conversations or about conversation sexuality, yeah. Or even if it's that this or one doesn't recognize consent because I don't think Yerks are thinking about consent because of because Yerks. by nature, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, it seems like there would have to be at least some reckoning by the hosts with like what you have done what, what has just happened to me a sexual assault and it's not hildy's fault it's not allison's fault it is the fault of the yerks in their head and that's it yeah anyway i didn't like that they took allison's agency away and that it's actually like the all of these books are that because they're all yeah. yerks and hosts right but this is the first time a sexuality event is mentioned yes and it's just glossed over because the more important thing is, but a pregnancy came from that. And I don't yeah. think that's appropriate. Actually, the more you the more you talk about it, the more you're right. I mean, you were right before, but like, it is really unfortunate because Allison has to endure nine months of reminding of this. And like, whatever her personal relationship to Hildy is, and it's unclear to me what the extent of their personal relationship yeah. is. Um, they may have some, they may have, not. Like, I, we don't really understand that without with this book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a really horrible thing. And it would be really interesting to get, we're not going to get it, but the same story told from Allison's perspective. Mm. Because, well, well... I mean, it'd be a one, horrifying perspective, I'm sure. Yes. Well, well, this is one, the story is almost like, like a, I don't know what the word, like, like it's just, she's like growing into her own. She's blossoming. Like she's... Yeah. She's and it's like redem- the, the redemption. Motherhood. Mm-hmm. And then on the same, yeah. on the same time, Alice and Kim is experiencing a horror novel. Like it's just yep. really horrible what's happening to her. And in a way that is particularly awful given what's happening to her body without her consent. Yep. Terrible. Yeah, no good. Well, 
<clears throat> Let's go to the next section. Yes. I only have uh, one line about this. I don't yeah. even know what I need to say about it. I just put in here like there's a negotiation scene with the Animorphs. I feel like it should we should have more to say about it, but I kind of don't have anything to say about it. I mean, after the conversation we just had, I really don't. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It, it's just it's just Marco being like, "I'll kill you all." That's it. Yeah. Man, these books have gotten really dark. I guess really the, dark. it was really the last thing to talk about is what's what is going to happen next to the Vistors. Like, we finished this book. Visser 1 is on another planet. Visser 3 is in charge of Earth, I guess. So they just continue their jobs. Visser 3 is like, fantastic. I've been given free reign over Earth. You know what that means? We're going to double the efforts of sharks with lasers. Sharks with ears, sharks with lasers, all of the above. Visser 1 is like a new galaxy to conquer. Fuck yeah. That's it. That's that's the entire what's next. I will Which say upsetting. One, one little thing that we didn't really talk about, but I do think it's something to keep in mind, is mm-hmm. that at some point, the... The guy on the council with him, I already forgot, uh, Garof, he's kind of stalling and like not giving a verdict or anything like this. And Alice, no, not Alice, and Ava points out that uh, they clearly don't want to convict Visser one or three, it seems like they don't really want to do it. And they're looking for a reason to not do it. So I don't know what that's about. They don't really ever explain what the deal is. It could just be that he likes Visser 1 and so he doesn't want her to die, but that doesn't really track for me for Garrick relationships. Um, so Honestly, I felt like it was way more pragmatic than that. I read it as, look, we've got two high-performing employees here. So what if they broke a few rules? They're going to keep on giving us hosts. We can't cut that off. If we have to bring someone new in, we have to train them. It's true. We have to do all those resources again? Like, that's a nightmare. No, no, Interview no, no. process. Terrible. Oh, hell. Scheduling all the, the visitors have to move up at the same time. Like everyone gets promoted. Nightmare. Power vacuum. We can't have that. Pay Give them a slap problems. on the wrist and send them on their way. Um, I read that a little bit. I, like I wasn't 100% certain that it meant anything. But because we've had Krayak introduced to the sort of tangle of oh, these books. Oh, that's an interesting I, take. I wonder, because we know that Yerks see Krayak when they die. When they die. It's like Krayak is like an, an integral part of the Yerk experience. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. or not they know who Krayak is. And while I totally understand that Visser 1 and Down don't know shit about Krayak, I think that there's enti- it's entirely likely that some part or all of the council, the council may do. May, may do. Interesting. They may, they may know who he is. Um, so I, I don't know. It's nothing inclusive. I just think because we have seen how Krayak and uh, the Elemis both like to put their thumbs on the scales and like do stuff to, uh, you know, fuck around with stuff. I wonder if that's part of what's going on here. It's just that Krayak was like, no, I have a plan and I need these people to stay in place for that plan. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't thought about that at all. I wonder if we're just going to get to know more of the council in general. I feel we're like set we up very to. mysteriously here. They've been hinted at through the whole series, but in this book, we get some very mysterious additional information but not quite enough you know i think the council's too significant for us to not get something about them and they feel important you know like yeah now it would be cool if, is, yeah it'd be cool if cryak showed up and was like actually i was the mysterious yerk in the cloak i'm gonna make a prediction um i'm gonna okay. say my prediction is in the last 10 books we're gonna see connections between cryak and the council all right, it's been noted into the permanent record. 
future me who will be listening to this episode of writing stuff down don't forget to write it down don't forget to write it down um yeah i think that's is that everything i think that's everything you want to go to class let's go to class all right this is your class we are going to geography because okay natalie you mocked me you laughed at me when i said it could be california you said no it could never be california this book makes a strong case that it is in california I thought I was on board with California, but I was more on board with Florida. No, you told me you didn't think it was California. Oh, I told you to go straight this. to hell? Okay, great. <laughs> you <laughs> said it was Florida. You were insistent on Florida. And I said, Got no it. way, not Florida. Um, okay, so we know that she lived in Malibu at mm-hmm. some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sharing was started there. Right. Or in but LA. Actually, area. we don't know that the sharing... Wait, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. She started, started before yeah. she moved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then she moved with the sharing to a mid-sized city on the coast. Mm-hmm. I think it seems likely that if you were trying to move a group that you already started, you wouldn't move far from where you were. If you want to All keep right. any of the same people. Here's my thought, though. Also, also... I'm not done yet, Natalie. I have more. Sorry. (laughs) The other thing is that we know from previous episodes that this town that the Animorphs is happening in has a weird amount of actors and TV studios um, that are in town just happening to be nearby. That's not Florida. That's that's California. I remember you said Bay Area. You never said Hollywood. Okay. I didn't say Hollywood. I did at least say California. I was in the same state. All right, here's my riddle me this about it. Uh-huh. Allison runs off uh-huh. with Hill D slash SM. They would want to get as far away from her shit as possible. They would leave. They go across the country and she follows them. But does she move she to where she followed them, down. them to? Uh-huh. That's my, I- t- that's my, that's my, that's my, potential wrench but i mostly agree with you but that's my potential wrench is that we don't actually know like the hospital where she actually kills allison and sm mm-hmm. we don't actually know where that is but does she stay in that same town i think that's the implication yeah i didn't read that as she at chased all. him she chased him and then and then, she, that and she then she the sharing there. you know i didn't understand it as, as she stayed there hmm. wait she starts the sharing before or after they escape she starts it then they escape then she starts it again, sort of. Like she she starts it um because she that's when she was saying, like, oh, now I can bring this to the council that I did all this stuff. And that's when SM is like, no, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. I want to leave. Right. Okay. And then she gets more serious with the sharing after that. So they just like drove off to Arizona or something. Um Yes. Because remember one of the things about it is that she had lore there that was the head she went into after allison left they had like him trapped at the pool okay i don't think they're in la though i don't think they're in la i think they are in a city somewhere in california California. i think it could be somewhere like not necessarily santa barbara but somewhere like santa barbara where it's like a city but Um, with smaller town vibes yeah not in not like a metro area but like a city with smaller town vibes yes Mm. interesting take i think that's we'll like santa barbara is a big enough city 
where there's things like amusement parks, not so far, zoos, not that far. Okay, right. That's not, not far. Still drive on over to Anaheim. Yeah. We better find out where they are. Eventually. If we have not found out by the end of this, I'm sure there's somebody on the internet who's like, we'll retroactively cancel the podcast is what I think. Okay. All right. I'll be mad. I'll be mad. All if right. We never get that. Well, okay. All, All right. right. That was just my geography thing. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it's in California now. I think it seems a very strong possibility. I'll um, allow it. If she already has some people in the sharing on the West Coast, why go to the East Coast? You know? Yeah, I'll allow it. Um, also, just the vibes of the sharing to me feel very West Coast. That's another thing. Mm, okay. I'll allow it. Yeah. The way that she's talking about, like, oh, you're like coming into the inner circle. Your inner know, just... self and, and your inner wellness. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's it. Next class. <laughs> okay. Next class. All right, the next class is biology again. Ooh. Because she is the first year to go into a human. And yes. she describes a human brain for like a full two pages. Excuse me. She is really And into I thought it. it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh okay, this part was kind of gross, but I'm gonna read it. You ready? I'm ready. The ear canal was too tight, of course. There were structures in my path, small bones, a sort of tympanic membrane. I experimented with shoving them aside, rearranging them, secreting the numbing chemicals as I went. And then she gets to the brain. But that, I had to reread that three times because I was like, Ugh, moving was the bones bad. around in my ear. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. That wasn't good. So then she touches the, like, the nerves that are connecting the ear to the brain and she gets auditory memory. Mm -hmm. uh and some language and then she squeezes further into the brain uh and she's only on one side of the head right obviously um and then suddenly she can see and then she can make sounds and then she can move muscles and then she gets to the the hemisphere break of Uh the brain and is like what the fuck is this there's a chasm why is this brain cut in half like is something wrong why would evolution do this and then she reaches across the chasm and touches the other side and is like whoa a second brain because (laughs) it's like a redundant system and then she figures out it's two different brains basically and they do two different things and uh she says this brain worked by dialectic each half of the brain saw and heard and smelled and touched a slightly different world each tended toward specialization but not a hard fast split The left half had more language, but not all the language. The right side had more spatial perception, but not all the spatial perception. Anyway, and it goes on. But I thought that was pretty cool. And then she wraps it up with, no wonder they kill each other. I thought they very nearly kill themselves because the brains make no sense. It was really cool to get that much detail about going into human. Like we've had so much detail about morphing to a point where I don't want to read about morphing anymore because I don't like reading about how gross it is. it this was really was fun gross. to get the Yerk perspective. It's it is gross, but also it's new, you know. Has the uh, left brain, right brain, um, creativity thing been debunked at this I point? Feel like it's not what we used to think. It. I think it's there's some like left and right brain have different parts, but I feel like they're not. I think the thing about like if you you're a more left brain person or a right brain yeah. person has been kind of debunked. Yeah. But I know what has not been debunked, and what I think has actually gotten more validity, is when um you can do studies with people who have um 
I think differences in their brain or like the kinds of thing where um, they don't necessarily know what one hand is doing versus the other, you know, because right. they have some kind of neurological uh, impairment there. Um, and then you can really see see the difference between left and right hemisphere right. actions. But um, I think that whole like, you know, if you're more left-brained, you're more into, what is it? Left right brain is more creative. creative. Stuff. Oh, yeah. left brain is more creative. Oh, okay. That can fit with the, the, the sort of bad sciences or maybe good science, yeah. I don't know. I think that whole bit is uh, is gone, that we don't, yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah, I know very little bit about, very little about brain stuff aside from like brains and linguistics, like language from my old yeah. job. Um, but I, yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Also the idea that the human brain like arguing with itself is yep. uniquely human. Like it's not something that the Yerkes experience on their own or other species that the Yerkes have possessed, have uh, experienced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that implies also that all those other, yeah, like you said, all those other aliens have much simpler brains and uh, our split hemisphere brain is not common in the universe, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it would also, it would also to me explain why things like, for example, when they first encounter TV, they're like totally baffled by what the purpose of it is. Yeah. It would explain to me, because I wrote my notes, I was like, man, your life is be like really fucking boring. Mm. They need some like HBO. Um, it would explain to me why things like TV uh, wouldn't really be a thing or like literature wouldn't really be a thing. Yeah. If your brain is much more simple, because a lot of our best TV and literature uh, or like media is made that f- focuses on that kind of story where like we make bad choices we can't decide what it to do like it's a lot of our media is about that stuff yeah and if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have the, if your brain doesn't have the capacity to do that i wonder if you'd create the same i mean maybe you'd create art still i have no idea um but certainly you would be missing a lot of that storytelling yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about and it that. also seems like yerk yerks in particular but also like andalize like it seems like all the other animals we've met don't seem to do any storytelling almost at all. They got Lyran brains. The Lyrans must do some cool shit with that. Yeah, well, I I would like us to get some more media culture from all these various yeah. aliens, but certainly the Yerk. Like don't. the um, the the, the news escort. and gossip is yes. Oh my god, the escort must have the best brains in the world because they do Truly. so much. Yeah, I love they the escort. So much. I was, we love that. I was just thinking the other day about how much I miss the escort. They better come back. We need them. Oh. They bring I a great forward, kind of a je ne sais quoi to this whole thing, you know? I look forward to the end of the this series when we get to do uh, all of our recap stuff because I want us to do a power ranking of all the best aliens because it's obviously I mean, the top. Yeah, no secret that those two are right there at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like that's biology, right? I think we did it. I think we did it. All right. Well, then uh, it's time for some homework. Yeah. Next week, we return to the regular series um and we're reading a book called the mutation and Mm -hmm. this one is a jake book it's got jake in a wetsuit on the cover uh and he's turning into a whale a killer whale uh orca i guess what we call them the little tagline is you won't even get the chance to change your mind Hmm. uh the little inside cover is not very exciting it's just some whales uh okay viscer three is still trying to find a way to reach the uh, pima light ship the ship that was hidden thousands of feet below the ocean surface. <gasps> We're the back ship there? Okay. Yeah. 
a ship containing technology so advanced that it is superior to anything even the Andalites have built. And this time, the Visser plans to find the ship so he can use its power to complete Earth's invasion. Jake, the other Animorphs, and Axe acquire additional deep sea morphs in order to stop the Visser's plan. But while trying to destroy the Yerk ship, the kids make a startling discovery, an underwater civilization. Have the kids discovered Atlantis? Atlantis? Or is it, <laughs> or is it just another trap? Bum, oh, it's bum, that. Bah. It's another trap. I don't know. Maybe it was like some, some new civilization under the ocean. Remember that maybe. movie, Atlantis? Oh, I was thinking of it from a little memory, but yeah, you're right. Probably, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I'm going to be really honest with you here. If there are not mermaids in this book, I'm out. I'm sorry. If we're like I, discovering an underwater civilization and it's not mermaids, but what if it's I, don't like, know, I don't know if I can read the whole book. What if it's more like Lyrans? Like, you know, frog, frog aliens. <sighs> Mm. yeah i'll accept it but i won't be happy about it okay well i i think there's going to be something interesting i don't know all right uh it's a jake book we haven't had one of those in a while i feel like okay well he doesn't seem to be doing very well lately so he's that might be a, interesting a time yeah i don't know i think it'll be time. good okay all right we'll remain hopeful maybe someone will i'm die. keeping my fingers crossed okay. for mermaids Actually, of some kind mermaids would be great Irons, but i want to something i would also say a good second, like second choice, Helmicron style or escort style aliens. I will accept someone with that level of chaos. Yeah, tiny, tiny murderous uh, mermaids. I'd be, I'd be down. Well, I yeah. just need someone with a lot of chaos. I don't need to yeah, okay. escort or Helmicron. What if I have like a chaotic somebody down under the ocean, or right. or Drode, a return of Drode. Hmm. The trap is it's just Drode in like a bunch of different costumes and scuba gear. Oh my God. Drode is putting on his own drag show. Um, yep. It's a little long con under the it. sea. He's been doing it since he was down there last. He's just been having a good time. I really like this idea. Um, if it's not Drode and Drode's drag show, I'm going to be really mad. Yeah. If it's just Visser 3. Visser 3's drag show is no good dumb i'm not i'm not i'm not into that yeah 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 okay well okay that's it then all right tell them where to find us uh you can find us on instagram at the book report pod and on facebook at the book report if you have opinions or thoughts and you want to email them to us you can email us at we love animorphs at gmail.com don't send us spoilers but if you do uh just you know put spoiler in the title so we'll have someone else read it and then uh go rate and review us five stars on wherever you listen to podcasts at uh and then make someone you know listen to us write to yes. your pen pal and tell them to listen to us i assume yeah. that you have a pen pal i do, do. that yeah. yeah okay well uh, i think that's it is that it i think that's it wow good for okay. us wow <laughs> what a book what a book all right goodness well, gracious uh, well see you later bye bye Wow. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.